He's what matters. He's what's eternal. It is all worth it. It is all worth it. Even though I'm having a day, I may have a day, where I second-guess it. And I'm thinking, how am I going to get through this day? I wish I didn't have this to deal with or something of that nature. But people want reality and they want to be loved. And what our culture does is we try to remove guilt rather than solving the guilt. Good afternoon. Welcome to this edition of Mid-South Viewpoint. Hi, I'm Byron Tyler. Pleasure to have you alongside with us as we visit with some dear friends of mine. We've known each other for, I can't even count the years. That'll give our age away. We don't want to do that. It's so, a decade. It's decade. literally is decades. But we've got Rob and Vicki Mullins, pastor of Crossroads Baptist Church. And this is really a milestone in the life and ministry of Crossroads. And it's kind of hard to believe to think about it. It was about 10 years ago, I guess this month, that we sat down, the three of us sat down and talked about a vision that you had to start a new church. We're looking back now 10 years. This is pretty exciting. Very exciting. You were so kind to have us on in those days. We did not know what we were doing then, and I'm not sure (laughs) that we know what we're doing now. But God has been really good to us, Byron, and we're very grateful for the way you helped us those years ago. Very Mm -hmm. grateful for Bot Radio. In what ways have you seen God uh, take you in directions that maybe weren't the same as your original intention? I'm sure you had goals. You had things that you guys talked about, prayed about. What have you seen God do different? Well, we often say, Vicki says it more than I do, we're, we're not church planters. We really uh, were in a spot to where some families approached us, as we mentioned to you, uh, eight families, nine, nine, nine families, about 40 people, including their children, in December of 08, and said, uh, would you think about starting a church? And we said, give us through the holidays. We'll come back. And then we argued, I argued with God on, hey, let's find someone and I could name some people that you would know that we approached, one person in particular, and he said no. And so from there, uh, that's how it kind of took off. We thought we would have a soft launch in March. Uh, we thought we'd meet in a barn. We thought we would meet in our living room. We literally thought we were going to be in Mike and Becky Parrish's barn in Eads. And um, we ended up uh, graciously, the Mid-South Baptist Association of Churches uh, allowed us to meet at the old Camp Cordova, now known as the Lodge at Red Oak Lake. We were there uh, nine months. Danny Sinkfield, who is pastor at Faith Baptist Church, a dear friend, one of my vision mentors, right before Thanksgiving, nine months later, came in and said, hey, I love you, I've been supporting you, but you got to be out. And Faith had purchased the camp. So we had to vacate really before Christmas. We went looking for places all over. We didn't know what we were going to do. And the Lord just dropped the old Cordova Community Center at uh, Rocky Point and Sanga in our lap. We were there six years. I think so. Six, six years, years, and yeah. uh, we call it the old building and loan uh, because it was... Uh, you know, that was in high school that my wife's right. granddad went to high school there. We still have a, mm-hmm. one or two people that actually went to school there. The The Cordova Library was in what we used as the nursery up until about eight or ten years before we moved in. Briefly, just some history of what I call little Godwinks. Uh, Byron, in that process, that is a beautiful building and it was bought by a nonprofit people that lived around it to keep it for this type of use. It has an old museum in it. But those hardwood floors that are beautiful, distressed hardwood floors in that building, were being laid the week the Titanic sank. That but was you 19, go in there, what? 1912, 1913. Yeah. God did a lot of wonderful things. We filled that room up, and we were so much asking the Lord to not have to be a church in a box. 
you know, move in, move out, move in, move out. We were really fortunate to be able to mostly stay there and have a service on Sunday morning, Wednesday night Awana, and Wednesday night programming. We were very, very grateful for that, and that set us up to be able to move in where we are now, where we've been three and a half years. Nikki, let's back up. Now, you left that secure position. You have served on large church staffs in the past. Right. Uh, to start this new work that you felt like God was calling you to do, why was this important for you? And did you have reservations when Rob came and kind of shared this, or was he already moving your heart in the same direction? I think, I think I'm the one that maybe recognized where the Lord was leading us. Um, we did try to get someone to do it and said, we will go with you. We will, you know, we will give up our job. We will go with you. And no one felt the leading. They felt like maybe it should be done, but they weren't the ones to lead out. And I can remember after a month of the heaviness of it on my heart that I just looked at Rob and said, maybe we're supposed to do it. At which point then after that, those that group of people came to us and, you know, I knew it would be hard, but I did not have any reservations. I, I did not have any fear at all. And I think that's just the Lord had prompted yes. my heart and gave me that that place of peace and security to almost not even recognize that it could be a challenge or it could be a threat even right. uh, career-wise, financially, or whatever. I never, ever had that during those days ever now i know rob is a homegrown boy here in memphis from the cradle you've been here in memphis all your life vicky i don't know if i know your story or you're not from memphis are you no um i grew up in atlanta really did not grow up in church i went to the university of georgia which is not known for for the christian walk there but in the midst of that god gripped my heart and put me in a church called prince avenue baptist that church loved me, discipled me, and those were holy days, holy moments. And the grounds of University of Georgia, because that's where God wanted me to be, those are that's holy ground to me. And then we met each other. I went off to seminary, and we moved in next door to each other. That's how we met. And so I know you couldn't cook, so you probably had to go get some food or something. <laughs> Very true. And uh, my sweet bride is an excellent cook. Um, so. no. Yeah. So there really wasn't any you trying to sell Vicky on this plan. I mean, it sounds like God was already initiating and just moving. I've heard it said before where God guides, he provides, and he was already preparing the hearts. Absolutely. We never really doubted it. We uh, I can't even say there was a lot of anxiety. There just were a lot of unknowns. Uh, you know, Byron, I, I, I'm an old burned-out youth guy, an old burned-out college minister, and grateful for those years, and did not know to what degree, but I would have to shift gears in my skill set my gifting really lead out you know before when i was at other churches i could blame the people above me you know and now when we started the church and even to this day i can only blame me you know i so can't wasn't like you trying to decide what kind of games we we're going to play on yes. sunday morning you know? yeah yeah it, it, it all rests with me and that's been uh that that has been a great challenge god has given great favor god has put amazing people Absolutely. around us byron from our core group to the people that are there now They've been exceedingly forgiving, exceedingly patient. They've just run hard after Jesus, and it's been a joy. It's been a challenge. It's been hard, but it's been a real joy. What about some of those challenges and those hard times? I mean, what have those obstacles been like, and have you got through them? Well, some of the biggest thing is that the premise that we've operated on is that we're relationship-driven. 
um, it's much easier. Not that you can't have programming. You have to have programming. But it is much easier to put a program in place and let it run. But when you're relationship-driven, it requires probably three times the work. Yeah. And it's hard to walk with people through their burdens. You know, that's not an easy thing. It's Someone is always having a burden that you want to come alongside and share. And I think that's been um, our calling, but also it has not been easy. It's not easy. Yeah, And I think that's, Rob, one of the things that as a layperson doesn't always see as a pastor has to go through. I mean, you're not just dealing with your own personal issues. I mean, you're dealing with a whole congregation's issues their their ups and downs the joys the you know the babies the deaths and you know the job losses the marriage issues i mean all of that you know coming at you one time where when you were in the youth and college ministry it was a little bit different although there were some challenges sure. too obviously sure i tell folks that um we're kind of like a our fireman that sits in your uh in the firehouse and waits for the bell to ring whatever happens we go whether it's ten thirty at night or whatever i'm not saying what we do is more difficult and more challenging than a layperson but I will say it is uniquely challenging in that you carry the burden not just of your own family struggles and issues, but you also carry the burden for a myriad of people. Everybody has the sack of rocks. Mm-hmm. Everybody has an issue. Everybody has a challenge. And um, in this town especially, and I'm sure it's true in other places, uh, it's just a lot of questioning about uh, do I want to be involved in church again do I want to bring my lost friends to church again? Vicki and I say this often to people. Ministry, in my mind, I've been doing this 45, 46 years. Ministry has never been more difficult mm-hmm. and challenging. I can think of my days in Texas as a youth minister, our days when we were first back in the Memphis area in the 80s at Germantown, even those days that we had at Bellevue. You could have 200 pizzas. Rick Stanley shares testimony and Point of Grace do the music and have 4,000 kids. Those days are, they're not here anymore. You have to get in the trenches with people to be able to make a gospel presentation, to be able to personally invite who you want to come, and then be willing to, to take uh, the licks, if you will, with it yeah. in that process, to, to walk with them the distance. That's been probably the biggest quantum shift in ministry. And as you have helped others go through their difficult times, their dark valleys, you yourself have gone through some. Recently, your daughter, Amber, and her husband, Wenna, who are also in the ministry, Wenna's from South Africa. Amber met him when she was serving in a missions team there. They got married. Of course, your son, Ryan, mm-hmm. and his wife are both pastoring here, a brand new church plant, Sela, yes, here in Memphis. But the valley that you went through together as a family, can you share a little bit about that? I know it's still very tender I'll to you guys. I'll let go first here. Well, many might not know, Amber had already miscarried. They have a child, Zion. He's three and a half now. Well, he's almost four. She had miscarried in October of 2017. The Lord blessed them again with another pregnancy, and she was within a couple of weeks of delivering. And we don't know what went wrong. She's had a lot of testing, and uh, but she delivered a stillbirth, stillborn baby, Um Jane Christine, and um, she was perfect, but uh, was not breathing. And what they knew as she went through labor, and it was quite a shock to us. We, again, don't know why, but I can say, for me, everybody wants their child to thrive. Everybody wants their child safe. 
and we know that baby Jane is thriving and safe. Our heartache is the empty arms here, and uh, we're just walking daily through that. And uh, you know, uh, I can't. I, I'd like to know how to help my daughter, and I just try, you know, my hardest. But actually, we have three little babies in heaven mm-hmm. because Ann and Ryan lost a child as well uh-huh. early on. So, you know, that's. Who's to say what your life is to look like? And I can see that baby Jane served the purposes of God in her generation without taking her breath. Because God has used that mightily in many different ways. And it says in scripture that when David had fulfilled his purposes, he died. And I expected baby Jane to have many years. She didn't. But she fulfilled God's purposes, and I'm I'm at peace with that. You know, Byron, for a man not, not being able to fully, obviously, understand the pregnancy aspect and all of that, um, it was indeed exceedingly shocking. But as Vicky said, God's grace is more than sufficient, and we leaned with desperation and sorrow and questions, hard into the Lord, as did Amber and Winna. People grieve in different ways, but. Their church in Holland, Michigan, called Angetti Church, have stood and walked with them. There have been questions. Like I said, there have been heartaches. There have been tears on our behalf and tears on their behalf. I can't say that it's been it's been easy on anybody, uh, but for Vicky and me, it was a double blow because here you have a, a grandbaby, uh, Jane, Christine, and then you have a daughter and a son-in-law and a little four-year-old that are undergoing excruciating pain, and there's not a whole lot you can do, you know. But I, I want to say, too, we're not unique to that. Mm-hmm. I mean, when people we don't know and didn't know and people in the church, 75-year-olds would come up to us and say, this was my story 55 years ago, or this is my daughter's story. I mean, wouldn't you say repeatedly? Mm-hmm. So we were able to have a point of contact in ministry. No one understands a sorrow like that unless you've walked through that, you know. It's so pervasive. So many people have walked through the valley of the shadow of death of a little one, and it's it, it's been a it's and, been a challenge. And that circles back around Byron to relationship driven ministry, because everyone has tragedy, heartache, and they're carrying a, a deep burden. When you go into church or the mall or anywhere, you don't know what everybody's carrying. You have no idea what they've just left and what they need. And as believers, we need to be cognizant of who's walking alongside us. And maybe they didn't treat you well because the burden on their heart was so heavy that they were not at their best. Or maybe when you walk into church or you're among believers, they're they're struggling. And you have to be sensitive to the fact that you need to come alongside them and have an extra amount of grace I know I want that when I'm having a hard time. That's a message mm-hmm. right there. Amen. Scripture teaches us that we're able to help offer that compassion to others because we have received mm-hmm. compassion, you know, from the Lord and Absolutely. from others. And I was one of many that wept with you guys, you know, even though I wasn't right there with you. you. I prayed for you. And Amber and Winner are so dear to us. They were on our church staff, you know, yeah. before they left to go where they are now. So I can't imagine what it's like to go through that particular trial. Well, you and Pam are in so many that we know and don't, do not know. Uh, even you saying that, I think of the ministry of tears has been of great ministry to us. Wow. You know, and, uh, and we're very grateful. 
you know, and uh, God is good all the time, and we trust yes, him. Yes, he is. Well, Vicki and I know, and everybody that knows Rob Mullins knows that a good laugh is synonymous with your name. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. Where do you find your humor? Um, obviously, I'm a weird person, probably first of all. <laughs> uh, I grew up in Binghampton, as you said. I think my family compensated for, uh, you know, I had a brother hit and killed at corner of Poplar and Hollywood in 1961. He was 10 years old, coming home from safety patrol. And then seven years later, my dad died relatively suddenly at 46 years of age, leaving me an 11-year-old and then a 7-year-old brother and a 3-year-old sister and a 19-year-old brother. And I think the way our family compensated was just being mischievous and playing tricks and pranks and laughter. It has actually been refreshing to me just to be able to have fun. And probably uh, there are times uh, Dr. Rogers used to tell me that I had no filter and I don't know if that was a compliment or not, but uh, he sure laughed mightily uh, at some things that I said at times. But uh, I know that in the bottom of my heart, I, have, I believe I have a joyful heart, and uh, I love making people smile and making people happy. And then other times I know they look at me and walk away and go, he is the strangest person I've ever met in my life. So, well, we need some laughter in our lives, especially where we are today in our yeah, world. Laughter is great medicine. What about some weak areas in your life where, and I know our wives, if my wife was here, she could give you a big list of my weaknesses. And Vicki doesn't have to do that. But what you see are weaknesses, but you've seen God's grace multiply over and over again. Well, I think where I'm weak is strong is a scriptural promise. And uh, I have tested the Lord that in a lot of ways. I think uh, the idea, I taught three times a week for 30-something years, Myron, but nothing prepared me to stand up and preach on Sunday mornings. Nothing prepared me for that. And it was excruciating, grueling. I, I I was overly judgmental of my ability or my gifting. I failed to lean on the Lord properly, and it was really, and then trying to, there was no office. I mean, we didn't even have a pencil when we started, literally. We were in our home. I was at Starbucks. Uh, The seminary graciously provided an office for a little bit. We were very grateful for that. But I think the idea of getting off the ground and finding a place, it really physically and emotionally caught up with me, and actually both of us. We were just trying to love on people and run to the heart of Jesus together with others. And fortunately, Byron, as I said, God put some amazing people around us just to say, okay, Rob, let's not do that again. Or have you thought about let's do this? You know, we just have fallen into an ocean of love. We are very, very, very blessed. Forty families came together and raised cash to pay cash for that 36 acres where we sit on Houston Levy right now doubled in value overnight the little lady that owned the property a very minuscule connection that i had with her years and years and years ago at germantown baptist and you well know houston levy is one of the most traveled thoroughfares in town now even in the midst of the tough days and we're we're down in the trenches we just look up a little bit if we'll hold our heads up a little bit we just see that god has just blessed us time and time and time again i think of staff members you know here we are at a place where we have Jim Whitmire is our minister of music, and he's 79. He's never had a budget he can't blow. Uh, we sat across the table from he and Linda when they were in First Baptist Jacksonville. They were thinking about coming back and going to work at the seminary and, and maybe helping us in music ministry. We were dreaming, what would it be like if we sang this song with a choir? Thou, O Lord, is a big song that we love. We do that song a good bit. Then all of a sudden we started thinking, what would it be like if we did the Passion Play again? And we thought we were just crazy to even dream it, but 
when you have a dreamer like a Dr. Jim Whitmire, here we are all these years later. We're about to have our third Mid-America Passion Play teaming with our great partner, uh, Mid-America Baptist Theological Seminary. When we drive by the building, uh, when Vicki and I drive by the building, I can hardly even turn my head and look because I'm so overwhelmed with gratitude and so humbled by what God has done and is doing. Much more work to be done, but we're very grateful. How do you believe the church's message has been watered down today most? Wow. I think anybody can draw a crowd, but when the Holy Spirit fire is there, people are drawn to the fire of the Holy Spirit. My prayer is that we would decrease while he increases. And I want to say to anyone listening today, I believe we, not us, but Jesus through us, we're living proof that if you keep it safe, if you keep it simple, if you make it feel like home, if you preach the gospel, if you sing songs that edify Jesus Christ, if you love on people, they'll come, young and old. People are looking for authenticity, Byron. And uh, I'm not saying anything against any other church in town or anything. We're we're not trying to be uh, any other church. We're we're trying to stay true to the call that God has placed on our life, and that's to make a difference in East Shelby County. Those buzzwords, uh, safe and simple. I remember now when we had this first conversation yeah. ten years ago. That's what you said that you wanted this church to be safe and simple. Yeah. I mean, we even did commercials on the radio. We sure here. did, and I remember those very well. Yeah, and, and really to break that down a little bit, like every church would be, we want to be a refuge, we want to be a safe haven, and we want to be a launching pad. Our greatest challenge is – you didn't ask me this, but I'll, ask, I'll answer the question before you ask. Our greatest challenge in these days, in the days ahead for our church, moving into the next 10 years as God blesses, and if he tarries, is getting our church and our people to turn even more inside out. I mean, we're – you know, we're going on mission trips. We're involved with inner city ministry and all these ministries that you, you and I are familiar with. But now the challenge is really, okay, we have the facility. We have the people coming. Go. Go. We are to go and share the gospel. One of the biggest things that we have to conquer is what does God's word say and am I willing to do it? Our culture not only has watered down his word, they've ignored it. And it's not popular to walk with God. So at the end of my life, I will have expended my life for something. What do I want it to be? I want it to be Jesus. Hmm. And my greatest challenge right now is expending more before I'm expended, if that makes sense. He's what matters. He's what's eternal. It is all worth it. It is all worth it. Even though I'm having a day, I may have a day, where I second guess it. And I'm thinking, how am I going to get through this day? I wish I didn't have this to deal with or something of that nature. But people want reality and they want to be loved. And what our culture does is we try to remove guilt rather than solving the guilt. Yeah. Yeah. And ministry is messy. It is. It is. And and, and it's messy. And we both feel called to be up close with people, obviously. And as a result of that, it's for me, when I do a funeral, I don't just walk away and go, okay, that's over with. I walk away thinking my heart is broken as well for these family members. And those things are cumulative for a human being, a believer even. We've had times when those things uh, have really caught up to us, but it's worth it for the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ, Byron. It really is. What about goals for your ministry? Obviously, you, you set goals. Uh, when you look at the future, milestone of, of 10 years, 
coming up here. When you look for the next 10, as you plan, as you plan those short-term goals, how do you determine those? I think that the, the next 10 need to be marked really by an exceedingly even more intentional run at discipleship. I think any pastor or any pastor and wife that sit in front of you would say, discipleship is where the battle for the hearts of men and women and boys and girls are right now. It is winning people to Jesus, but it is really saying this is what God's Word says. Because I think there is, uh, in a lot of places, and certainly in our church as well, there is a casual approach to a lot of doctrinal issues or an ignorance of doctrinal issues. And discipleship, I think, can help cover a lot of that. Yeah, I agree with that. Tomorrow is actually the anniversary date, mm-hmm. March 15th yes, of 10 absolutely. years. Mm-hmm. Well, we are excited. We're going to have we're, we're in the middle of construction. We uh have the building completely torn up. We're in two services. We're adding a balcony and we are adding parking spaces in the back. So, uh we have had to be in the we've fortunately been able to stay in the building, but it's been a challenge. So, we have 8 o'clock and 10:30 services and Sunday school in between. We'll finish that hopefully in June. We started in January. It has been a wonderful dusty challenge, <laughs> but we're going to have a soft 10th anniversary this coming Sunday, and then when everything's finished toward the what we call promotion day, 1st of August, when school starts back and the fall activities kick off, we'll have more of a dinner on the grounds and some of those things. But I've invited a dear, dear friend of mine, a vision mentor, a close friend that has stood with uh, me and us for years and years, Dr. Ike Reichard. He's the pastor of Piedmont Baptist Church in Marietta. He runs an inner city in Atlanta called Must Ministries. He has given up a Sunday in his church to come, and we are super excited about him coming and celebrating our 10th anniversary. Okay, now let's talk about ways that our listeners can get in touch with you. The church, again, is located on Houston Levy Road, as you mentioned, right across the street from Briarcrest Christian School. Great partners. Best way to get hold of us is CrossroadsMemphis.com. CrossroadsMemphis.com, all lowercase. Feel free to call us at the church, 901-309-7777. We would love to talk to you about what God is doing and see how we can minister to you. I'm so thankful for both you guys. Thank you for what you both do for Christ's kingdom. I love you so much. Thank you. We love for, you too, it's, it's awesome. Thank, and thank it's you to Bot honor. Radio. Thank you. By the way, you know, you're my mother and father-in-law's pastor. You know that. You, Absolutely. Matter of fact, Miss B was your secretary for many years. She was, and she has not changed one bit and love her very, very much. Well, we appreciate you loving on those folks that I love so much, too. We're going to have to say goodbye on this edition of Mid-South Viewpoint. Friends, thanks for stopping by again. Rob and Vicki Mullins. Longtime friends, pastor at Crossroads Baptist Church. Get more details by going to crossroadsmemphis.com. All the details, service times. I guess you also have updates on the construction. Absolutely. But come by and visit. There's a place for anybody listening right now that wants to experience Crossroads. And make sure you ask for me. I'd love to meet you. All right. That's all the time we have, friends. Bye-bye now. I'm Byron Tyler. Byron Tyler.